so glad you're with me because <clears throat> yesterday was a little bit of a downer as I talked about what happens when Ichabod takes place, the glory of God is gone. But today I want to talk to you about something really special and bright, and that is where the glory of God shines the brightest. Where can we really, if you really want to see God's glory, where can you see his glory the brightest, his attributes, his character, his person, his revealed presence, his greatness, his power, his majesty, his splendor? Where can we really see it? Where is the one place where the glory shines the brightest? Psalm 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. The glory of God certainly is revealed in nature, in a midnight sky flashing with stars and a moon, and a sunlit heavens and a beautiful sunset with a magnificent forest and a fast-flowing stream. All of these speak of the glory of God. But that's not where God's glory shines the brightest. It is in the Old Testament when we see glimpses of God's glory and what the Bible calls the Shekinah glory, and that means that which dwells. It's the word which the Lord used for his visible presence among men in the Old Testament. Quite often in the Old Testament, God would show forth what the Bible called his Shekinah glory in the desert before giving of the manna the children of Israel looked toward the wilderness, and the glory of God appeared in a cloud, Exodus 16.10. Before giving the Ten Commandments, the Bible says the glory of the Lord uh, was above Mount Sinai. When the tabernacle had been erected and equipped, the glory of God filled the tabernacle. When Solomon's temple was dedicated, the priest could not enter to minister, for the glory of God filled the house of God. When Isaiah had his vision in the temple, he heard the angelic choir singing, that the whole earth was full of his glory. Ezekiel, in experience with God, saw the likeness of the glory of God. In the Old Testament, God's glory came at various times when God was near and when God made himself known. However, that's not where the glory shines the brightest. There's only one place where you can see the full glory of God, and that is in the face of Jesus Christ. Now, obviously, when Jesus Christ was here on earth, much of his divine glory did not shine through because he was wearing an earth suit, a body. He was dressed in the earth suit and wearing that. That shielded much of his glory, and that was for our protection because his glory was so great that he would have destroyed us by his very presence. John, in the magnificent gospel by his name, in the first chapter and in the 14th verse says this, We beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John says, we saw his glory. We were able to see the visible explanation and expression of his glory. The word here for beheld is the word in the Greek which means seeing, which is mentioned more than 20 times in the New Testament and is always used of actual physical sight. John is saying, they saw, they saw Jesus, they saw his glory with their physical eyes. With our human eyes, we looked at Jesus and we saw the glory of God and it was full of grace and truth. As John writes this book, he's probably saying, my eyes are dimming now because I'm old, but once they were bright and keen and I was not deceived. My head is white now, but it often lay on his bosom when I was younger. I can recall his voice. I can feel the grasp of his hand. I can remember his challenges. I can see him now as he was 
for those 33 years, we saw his glory. We inspected it. We experienced it. And we were careful to note it. It was a glory that was inherent in him as a person who is God in human strength and God in human flesh. And he was the one who we saw as the presence of God. And he's saying, God says in the first verse, in the beginning was the word. This glory did not come upon him when he was born in Bethlehem. He had glory along with the Father before the world began. In John 17, 5, in Jesus' great prayer for the believers of all ages, he prayed the Father to the Father and talked about the glory which he had had with the Father and which before the world was. This glory, he said, was still his, but it was not revealed. It was hidden as he was a man. It was a glory which he enjoyed with the Father, for the Scripture says the Word was with God. There was a perfect fellowship with God. They enjoyed a relationship that was special. In fact, face-to-face with God is what the Greek word means. He was literally face-to-face on even terms, looking into God's face, and God was looking into his face. They were equal. It speaks of the fact of his oneness with God the Father. As often he said, the Father and I are one, and they were. And that oneness was experienced so many times in his life while he was here on earth. There was an ancient Oriental custom that when you entertained two rulers at a dinner, you seated them so that when they looked at one another, their eyes met on an even line. This implied equality. If one was shorter than the other, you seated him on pillows so that both saw eye to eye. That's what the Greek word pros means when it says face to face with God. The word was with God. The word Jesus was on equal standing with God. And there was never a time when that was not true. Also, this glory was manifested in creation, for John says all things were created by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Nothing came into being except by Jesus. He was the creator. He was the maker. The act of becoming is in contrast to the previous verses. He ever was, but the universe came into being. He always has been, but he brought the universe into being out of nothing by his creative act. Without him was not a single thing made that was made. He was born of a woman, yet he made woman. He wept. He even created the tear glands. He died, yet he made the tree of the cross. He is the one God of creation. There isn't anything too great for him to make or anything too small for him to make. He made it all. When all of the boastings about existence are talked about, he's the one who should be talked about because he's the one who brought it to pass and made it a reality and produced it from the beginning. His glory also has been revealed in his person. For the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word who created all things became flesh and dwelt among us. And John says, and we beheld his glory. He was a man, but he was... Though finite because he took upon the form of a man, he was also the infinite God. This is what we might call the amazing stoop of God, the unbelievable condensation that he put, condensation, I'll say it right in a minute, condescension. He put on flesh and pitched his tent among us temporarily to reveal his glory and to show what he was like. He abandoned his eternal dwelling before the very face of God and came down in the midst of sinners that we might see his glory. Think about it. God, right here, 
you can see him. But you and I can see him. The Bible says that it's greater for us than it was even for them. And we can come to know him and we can experience him. And we're going to talk more about that tomorrow. And as we see the one place where we can see him the best, and that's in the face of Jesus. God bless you. Have a great day.